Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Shaykh Khalid Muhammad. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walah. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri. Wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Welcome my beloved brothers to lesson number 14 of the series regarding the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'll mention that insha'Allah ta'ala the next lesson the next lesson will be up at Melbourne so usually we have the lessons fortnightly as you all know I'll mention that just in case I forget towards the end خلص, I mentioned it now I'll mention it again if I remember that next fortnight insha'Allah ta'ala will all be at uh, Melbourne for the yearly conference so obviously everyone's welcome to go there and insha'Allah ta'ala the plan is as well for ASWJ to be organizing a bus so whoever would like to go up as well with Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah in the actual bus they can obviously do that as well insha'Allah ta'ala obviously we've had a break uh, because of travels for our Seerah series but insha'Allah ta'ala today we'll be resuming with lesson number 14 uh, last lesson, lesson 13 was about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his role and job as a shepherd and also about Hilful Fudul for those who remember. And for those who don't or for those who've missed lessons, you're obviously more than welcome inshallah to go on YouTube and catch up on the lessons. Today being chapter number or lesson number 14, we are with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his role regarding his trade on behalf of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. As we know my brothers, the Meccans, they were known for trade. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam went out in this case on a caravan or with a caravan on behalf of his future wife. Just to be clear, when we say caravan, it doesn't mean the caravan as we know today. Whoever يعني, is under that impression, obviously for some reason missed the fact that there was no cars back then, uh, no automobiles and the likes. For a caravan, يعني, a group of people going, for example, on a group of camels and setting out and traveling and the likes. So when the Prophet wasallam was 25 years old, now, I want you to picture this, brothers, you know, from before, obviously, he was a shepherd and the likes. He's 25 years old now, and he's going on one of the most important journeys of his life, beginning, obviously, his journey, yani, uh, to Asham. This was his second time going. We went through already the first time when he went with his uncle Abu Talib, and we went through the situations and the events that took place in that journey. Now, the second time going to Asham, he's going, as we mentioned, with his future wife, Khadija's wealth, to trade on her behalf as we're going to see. So he's 25 years old. And subhanAllah, yani compare the Prophet wasallam going out on a journey like this. And remember when it came to his journey with Abu Talib, how Abu Talib was fearful. He feared to even go there because of what could possibly happen to the Prophet wasallam. 25 years old and then compare the 25 years old to some of the 25 year olds that we have today and you'll see the world's difference. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, from a young age as we know, if we were to compare those ages that we went through to the ages of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what we accomplished and what he accomplished, and likewise the lives of the Salaf in general and the ulama, compare our lives to them, compare our 10-year-olds to their 10-year-olds, compare our 5-year-olds to their 5-year-olds, compare our 20-year-olds to their 20-year-olds, then compare our adults to their adults. And look at, subhanAllah, the difference between the heavens and the earth of what they accomplished in comparison to what we accomplished. And that's both speaking about the men and, of course, the women of the Salaf and regarding the ulama. Because when we say ulama, my brothers, 
of course, it's not limited only to the men. There were many ulama who their ulama were also from the females teaching the shaykhat and, and the likes. Of course, yani, with conditions and things like this. So he was 25 years old. He went out towards Asham for trade purposes. And the wealth we said, because the Prophet wasallam, it's not like he had this massive amount of wealth. Rather, we took previously, and we're going to see today, that Abu Talib, his uncle, was not a rich man. So here he went out with whose wealth? The wealth of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. His beloved wife. His beloved wife. And she was also the first of his wives, Ibn Hajar rahimahullahu ta'ala. He says about her, Khadija tu Sayyidu Nisa il Alameen, or Sayyida tu Nisa il Alameen fi zamaniha, Ummul Qasim al Qurashiya al Asadiya, wa hiya mimman kamula minan Nisa, wa kanat aqila tan jalila tan dayina tan masuna tan karima, min ahlil jannah. And he also said, wa kanat tu samma fil jahiliyah at tahirah. She was intelligent, she was wise, she, she was respectful and respected. She was known as the chaste amongst the women of Mecca. She was known as the chaste amongst the women of Mecca. She was the honorable amongst her tribe and one of the, tri- the noble of her tribe, Banu Makhzum. She, just like other wives of the Prophet wasallam, all of them, all of our mothers, the mothers of the believers, were the epitome and she was the epitome of good character. She was supportive, caring, loving, nurturing and she was the one that was closest to him so much so my brothers that when the revelation first came down as we're going to see inshallah ta'ala one of the most beautiful stories in the seerah regarding this instance if you'd like to say between the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam this relationship between he sallallahu alayhi wasallam and khadija was when he was in ghar hira and the revelation descended upon him jibril alayhi salam came down and he revealed to him, obviously from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. The first five verses of Surah Al-Alaq. But before that, he told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Iqra, read. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he replied, Ma ana biqari, I'm not one to read. I don't know how to. And then Jibreel alayhi salam, he gave him a very, very tight, similar to a hug, a squeeze, that actually took a lot out of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to the point at one time at one point he thought he may die and then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam got told a second time iqra read by Jibril and then he said the same answer until a third time and then Jibril ended up revealing iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq in the first five verses of surah al-alaq what is the point of that story my brothers it's what happened after that and inshallah ta'ala, when the time comes, we'll mention more detail regarding that. But when he went back, he didn't go back to his best friends. He didn't go back to Abu Bakr and Umar, radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. But rather, he went back to his beloved wife Khadija, who she, as we said, nurtured. She was loving and caring and nurturing. And she empathized and sympathized. And she was everything, everything good in a lady, subhanallah. Every good character she had every good characteristic she had so when he came and she saw the state that he was in petrified worried and she calmed him down and she says by allah allah will never debase you 
Allah will never disgrace you. And she moved on to say some of his great characteristics, which insha'Allah ta'ala we will mention when we get to that story. So she was the one who was closest to him and the one he was closest to. And she was the mother of most of his children, as we'll see towards the end. A woman from the woman of Jannah, as the Prophet ﷺ told us. And she is one of the chiefs and heads of the women and ladies of Jannah. She was the first and one of to believe in Allah Azza and his messenger. And believe in what he called to when he preached the message. So now, she is in the life of the Prophet ﷺ, a new figure. Khadija to bintu Khuwailid, Khadija, the daughter of Khuwailid. And Khuwailid is in the Arabic language an expression, yani, jama tasghir of the name Khalid. And that's got to do with Arabic, so we'll leave that point for now. She was a very honorable lady. She was a merchant likewise and used to possess a great deal of wealth. She used to hire out men with the money she had to trade for her. And of course, these men that traded on her behalf. She or they, sorry, would get a share of that wealth and a percentage. And that is, as we know, brothers in fiqh, known as al, does anybody know? Al-Mudarabah. Al-Mudarabah. Al-Mudarabah is when you have a capital, for example, and you give someone that money, that wealth, to either invest or to work with, to uh, put it in, for example, commercial enterprise and the likes. And then you obviously get the profit and they also get a share and a percentage in that. So Khadija has the wealth radiallahu ta'ala anha. She hears of the honesty of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the loyalty of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the trustworthiness of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and then this is something actually before that brothers that everybody knew. Everyone even the kafar they knew this about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam before and after prophethood. That is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he narrates the hadith he says حَدَّثَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam narrated to us وَهُوَ الصَّادِقُ الْمَصْدُوقِ and he is the truthful one and the one who received the truth and in another hadith وَهُوَ الصَّادِقُ الْأَمِينِ and he is the truthful and the trustworthy the honest and the trustworthy. And even the kafar, my brothers, they would even leave their belongings with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And they would praise him over the virtues and characteristics that he had. Yani subhanallah, how truthful do you have to be? How honest do you have to be to have even your enemies praise you like that? And to have even your enemies speak about you like that? The kafar would even put their trusts with him. They would leave their belongings with him and their pledges with him. And this was even sometimes after, after all of it occurred when the Prophet ﷺ, he was sent to them and we know their reaction. And today I gave the khutbah about glad tidings to the strangers and we mentioned the verses. The strangers, my brothers, where the Prophet ﷺ says, Bada al-Islamu gharibah. Islam began as something strange and it's going to return as something strange the way it began. The way it began. And from the strangest is the way the kafar viewed the message and viewed the Prophet ﷺ when he first started preaching that tawheed 
And when he first started preaching, La ilaha illallah, and you can go back to that khutbah that I gave today. Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, وَعَجِبُوا أَنْ جَاءَهُمْ مُنْذِرٌ مِّنْهُمْ وَقَالَ الْكَافِرُونَ هَذَا سَاحِرٌ كَذَّابٌ أَجَعَلَ الْآلِهَةَ إِلَاهًا وَاحِدًا إِنَّ هَذَا لَشَيْءٌ عُجَابٌ Allah Azza wa Jal tells us, look at the, the reaction. They were astonished. They were shocked. They were amazed that a messenger was sent from amongst them. And then they started to place these titles and one, two, three against him and about him. And they tried to spread false information regarding him as we'll see insha'Allah ta'ala and from that of course is their statement that he is a magician and he is a liar and he is a poet and he is this and he is that and then Allah Azza wa tells us one of the reasons for that was the amazement at what he was calling to is he making the deities the gods one god one god because they were used to worshipping multiple deities and they were used to and accustomed to worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the point is, subhanallah, even Heraclius, when he asked Abu Sufyan, and Abu Sufyan was a disbeliever at that time, Heraclius asks him, showing brothers, because you got to understand, inshallah, the status of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and these great characteristics that were in him and found in him even, of course, before prophethood. When you understand this, you understand the rest of the story a little bit better, insha'Allah ta'ala, of why Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha chose him and why his uncle Abu Talib said to him, go, go and offer yourself yani, for trade purposes to Khadija and she will accept you and she will give you and she ended up as we're going to see doing that. Heraclius, he asks Abu Sufyan, did you used to or have you ever accused him? Have you guys ever accused the Prophet ﷺ of being a liar before his claim of prophethood? And go back, I have a two-lesson series or two-lesson as well about the story of Heraclius and Abu Sufyan. I think it's on YouTube or Vimeo. And inshaAllah ta'ala, maybe we can give it in this uh, masjid. And the whole story is how Abu Sufyan, Heraclius placed Abu Sufyan's companions behind him to make a ishara, a little, you know, uh, uh, indication or something like that if they said or they thought that Abu Sufyan was lying. So here Abu Sufyan being an enemy at the time to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when Heraclius says, فَهَلْ كُنْتُمْ تَتَّهِمُونَهُ بِالْكَذِبِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَقُولَ مَا قَالْ Did you used to accuse him? Of lying before he said what he said, meaning of prophethood, فَقُلْتُ لَا I said no. And he couldn't lie even if he wanted to in this, in this case because of the situation. And then Heraclius asks him, did he used to, or did, or was he, or did he used to break his promises? قَالَ فَهَلْ يَغْدِرْ And was he treacherous and the likes? قُلْتُ لَا He was not. And this is the way they knew the Prophet wasallam before uh, the sending or before his sending. And to the extent they would even at times place him as an arbitrator, as someone who would judge between them when they would have disagreements and problems and things like this. And subhanAllah, even those who used to try their best to taint his identity, to disgrace him, to debase him, to put him down, to make him look as something or give him or paint that picture that he was in reality not even they knew amongst themselves and in themselves and within themselves that what they're saying and what they're alleging are blatant lies and a cover-up. Look what Al-Nadr ibn al-Harith, he says. 
He says, O Quraysh, you have not been able to find any plan to meet the calamity that has befallen upon you. Muhammad grew up from childhood in your presence. He was the most liked amongst you. He was the most honest amongst you. He was the most faithful amongst you. Now when he has grown to maturity and has presented all of these things to you, you say he's a magician, you say he's a soothsayer, you say he's a poet, you say he's a madman. By Allah, he says, by Allah, I have heard his message and he is none of these things. He's none of these things. A new calamity has indeed fallen upon you. Subhanallah, this is the way they used to know the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And there is a narration that Abu Talib said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Remember our first lesson, brothers, I think it was when we discussed some of the virtues of uh, studying the seerah. We said one of them, and wallahi, if this was all we got out of it, what a blessing it is, what a great blessing it is. One of them was constantly hearing his name and constantly sending salutations on him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And we're living the example now, subhanallah. And wallahi, if all we got from studying the seerah was that, and Allah Azza wa Jal accepting that from us, what a great blessing that is. So there's a narration that Abu Talib, and as we know, of course, Abu Talib was the uncle of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he was supportive of him and caring for him. But of course, as we know and we mentioned, he did die as a disbeliever. And I also have a lesson that I gave, I think, here as well, uh, something like benefits from the life or from the death of Abu Talib or something like that. You can find that on YouTube, inshallah. Abu Talib said to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, أنا رجل لا مال لي وقد اشتد الزمان علينا وهذه عير قومك وقد حضر خروجها إلى الشام وخديجة بنت خويلد تبعث رجالا من قومك في عيراتها فلو جئتها فعرضت نفسك عليها لأسرعت إليك لما يبلغها عنك من طهارتك وفضلك على غيرك فبلغ خديجة الخبر فأرسلت إليه في ذلك وقالت له أنا أعطيك ضعف ما أعطي رجلا من قومك فقال أبو طالب هذا رزق قد ساقه الله إليك He says this is his uncle telling his nephew uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Abu Talib says to him I am a man with no wealth and the times pretty much have gotten tough and rough There's the tribe's caravan ready to and prepared to leave to Asham and Khadija bint Khuwailid is sending men from your tribe with her caravan. If you would only go to her and offer yourself, she would be quick to choose you and prefer you. Because he knows, it's his, it's his nephew, he knows the status of the Prophet ﷺ. Imagine the Prophet ﷺ being directly related to you and you having lived with him and seen all that you've seen from him and his situation and the likes. You know that this is a unique individual. You know that this is a special person. So he told him, if only you would go and offer yourself to her, indeed, definitely she would choose you and prefer you over others because of him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then Abu Talib says, due to what has reached her regarding you of your purity and virtues over others. So the news actually reached Khadija regarding this conversation and what went on. And then she ended up sending for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam regarding that. And she told him, I will give you double of what I give a man from your people. And then Abu Talib, he ended up saying, this is provision that Allah has sent to you. And the messenger of Allah azza wa jal went out with her wealth. فَخَرَجَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي مَالِهَا Now he has the wealth from Khadija and now he's going out to trade on her, on her behalf. And with 
the Prophet وسلم, went a slave boy of Khadija's, whose name was Maysara. A slave of Khadija, his name was Maysara. He went out with the Prophet And then they reached the city of Busra in Asham. As the narration mentions, as the narration mentions, حَتَّى قَدِمَ بُسْرَ مِنَ الشَّامِ فَنَزَلَ فِي ظِلِّ شَجَرَةٍ قَرِيبَةٍ مِنْ صَوْمَعَةِ الرَّاهِ مِنْ صَوْمَعَةِ رَاهِبٍ مِنَ الرُّهْبَانِ يُقَالُ لَهُ نَسْطُورٍ Then when they ended up getting to the city of Busra in Asham, they sat down, or they sat down, sorry, they lodged themselves, and the Prophet وسلم, went and took shelter and shade under the shade of a tree, close to a monastery of a priest, by the name of Nastur. So the priest looked at Maysara. And don't forget brothers, they were individuals who knew their books. And they were individuals who obviously saw and read about the coming and the emergence of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the narration mentions, فَطَلَعَ الرَّاهِبُ إِلَى Maysara. This priest, he looked at Maysara, this slave boy that went out with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and got sent by Khadija with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَقَالَ لَهُ He said to him, مَنْ هَذَا الرَّجُلُ الَّذِي نَزَلَ تَحْتَ هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَةِ Who is this man that went and took shelter under the shade of this tree? He went and lodged himself under the shade of a tree. Who is he? فَقَالَ لَهُ مَيْسَرَةِ Maysara replied to the priest, هَذَا رَجُلٌ مِنْ قُرَيْشِ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْحَرَمِ This is a man from Quraysh, the tribe of Quraysh. From the people of the Haram. فَقَالَ الرَّاهِبِ The priest said, مَا نَزَلَ تَحْتَ هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَةِ قَطُّ إِلَّا نَبِيٌّ That the priest answered and replied to Maysara after he realized what was happening. And he realized that this is pretty much the, you know, the, the practical, the practicality of what he knew from the texts and what he knew from his books and the likes. So he says to Maysara that, the, that no one has set or set, uh, lodged themselves under the shade of this tree except the Prophet. Some of the ulama, they said, the apparent looks and seems to mean no one has sat under there or lodged themselves there, but wallahu a'lam, the meaning is around this time. Around this time. Wallahu a'lam. So he said, no one ever sits down under the shade of this tree except the Prophet. Then he asked and he said to Maysara, he asked him a question. Is there in his eyes redness? Then Maysara said, Naam, yes. And then the priest ended up saying, Huwa nabiyun wa huwa akhirul anbiya. After Maysara said, yes, and also that it does not go away from him. La tufariquh, this redness, it does not go away. And then he said, Huwa nabiyun wa huwa akhirul anbiya. He is a prophet and he is the last of prophet. And then after that, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had sold what he needed to sell. And he purchased and bought what he needed to purchase and buy. And everything was finalized. And a few other things occurred in this trip. And they were on their way back to Mecca in the severe heat. In the severe heat. And I remind the brothers that some of these athar that come in the seerah have been differed over their authenticity and things like this. But generally speaking in the seerah, as we said, and also likewise in tafsir, and also likewise in history, tarikh, and the likes. Some of the ulama, they said there's a bit more room for leniency, wallahu a'lam. So now, after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we said, he went and he sold what he needed to sell. And he bought what he needed to buy, and now they're on their way back to Mecca in the severe heat. 
The Prophet وسلم, it was mentioned, was being shaded by two angels. Was being shaded by two angels. To the extent that actually on the return, obviously Maysara had seen that because he was accompanying him. But on the return, Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, she actually saw that as well. And to the extent she actually, it's mentioned, called her women folk to also look at that. And the Prophet's marriage to Khadija, we mentioned earlier how she used to be referred to as the chaste. And how she was referred to as one of the chiefs of the women of Quraysh and other virtues. Yani if we were to limit or if we were to restrict this lesson to the virtues of Khadija radiallahu anha, we would need a whole lesson and possibly lessons. So now Allah Azza wa Jal, as we know my brothers, he says, Good women are for good men, and good men are for good women. And this is after Allah Azza wa Jal says, Bad women are for bad men, and bad men are for bad women. And subhanAllah now going on and seeing how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam married Khadija. And this is why we always say to the brothers and obviously advice for ourselves if we weren't and are not married to be good people. Be a good man and Allah Azza wa Jal will send you a good woman. Be a good man and do what you have to do according to Islam and Islamic traditions and teachings and the likes. And Allah Azza wa Jal will send you a good woman. And also, as we also advise always, and inshallah there'll be more about this when it gets to a certain point in the seerah, regarding taking the means to get married. Yani for example, now if someone wanted a job, but he sat at home and didn't tell anyone he wants a job. And he sat at home and didn't apply for jobs and didn't send out his resume. Is it you know, logical that he's going to get a job? Generally, no. And Allah Azza wa Jal is able to do all things, of course. But Allah Azza wa Jal also taught us to take the means. He told Maryam salam, it was told to Maryam salam, to shake the, uh, the trunk of the date palm tree. And he informed and revealed to Muhammad to strike the ground with his staff. And there are many, many examples of this, like Noah building the ark and many other examples. So take the means and insha'Allah ta'ala be a good person and Allah Azza wa Jal will send you a good person. Be a good man and Allah will send you a good woman and be a good woman and Allah Azza wa Jal will send you a good man. So when Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha now heard of the virtues of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she saw firsthand and she experienced and had real life experiences and practical confirmation of what she had heard she took the means. She took it upon herself to do something. So she spoke to her good friend and her name was, or she was referred to, her name was Nafisa bint Munayya. So she went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Khadija's friend Nafisa. And she said, and actually spoke about the incident and she said and dictated the story herself. She says, كانت خديجة بنت خويلد امرأة حازمة جلدة شريفة مع ما أراد الله بها من الكرامة والخير وهي يومئذ أوسط قريش نسب وأعظمهم شرفا وأكثرهم مالا وكل قومها حريص على نكاحها لو قدر على ذلك So after praising her and mentioning some of her characteristics and her great traits she mentions that she was the best woman amongst Quraysh and she was the greatest of them in respect to honor and she was the most of them in respect to wealth and finance. Which shows us brothers that it's allowed for a woman to be uh, yani financially stable. Just like of course it's allowed for a man to be financially stable. Just like a man is allowed to work. Likewise a woman as well is allowed to have an income and work and the likes. But with certain conditions. And inshallah ta'ala 
I left purposely this little point, inshallah, to uh, be mentioned at the start of our next lesson, which will be inshallah in the first fortnight of next month. I left that just because there are a few side points that I want to mention regarding that. Because obviously when it comes to the lady working, just like when it comes to the man working, but maybe one could say with the lady there are more conditions, uh, to be met of course. To be met of course. So here we learn that Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, she was the most, as Nafisa says, amongst her people in respect to wealth and of course honor and status and the likes. To the extent she says, وَكُلُّ قَوْمِهَا حَرِيصٌ عَلَى نِكَاحِهَا All of her people, they wanted to marry her. All of her people, they wanted to marry her. And then she says, if they were able to do that. قَدْ طَلَبُوهَا وَبَذَلُوا لَهَا الْأَمْوَالِ They actually requested her and they spent finances and they spent their, uh, their wealth yani, regarding that. And then she mentions how Khadija sent her to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And just on a side note, brothers, and there's going to be clearer examples regarding this, inshallah, as well in the future. Wallahu uh, a'lam, if Allah Azza wa Jal gives us the life and health and uh, the series continues, which I hope it does, inshallah. Regarding a woman offering themselves to a man and proposing, if you'd like to say, to a man. And inshallah ta'ala, when the time comes, we can discuss that uh, more. So here she says, Nafisa. How the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went out, how sorry Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha sent her to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Nafisa went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she pretty much told him about Khadija and about marrying Khadija and before that she asked him what prevents you, what stops you from getting married and after a discussion it ended up with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam agreeing to marry Khadija. And also it's mentioned, Wallahu A'lam, that Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha ended up sending for her uncle Amr ibn Asad. And this is the opinion of the majority of scholars that she sent to her uncle Amr and he is the one that married her off and that her father was killed in or before yani, uh, uh, the, the, the sacred religious wars that we spoke about previously, Wallahu A'lam. And it is also mentioned that her dad and her father is the one that married her off, and Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it's mentioned, went with his uncles Abu Talib and Hamza uh, to her uncle uh, Amr, and then the marriage was arranged, and Abu Talib actually gave a beautiful, a beautiful, if you'd like to say, little talk and little lecture, uh, but I left that out because of time and not to go on يعني, too long regarding this point. So the marriage was witnessed by Banu Hashim and the chiefs of the tribe of Mudar. And it was said regarding her dowry that it was 20 camels. And it was also said that it was 12 uqiyas of gold and, uh, and يعني, another half. Wallahu alam. And uh, wallahu alam regarding that. And to give you an idea of how much he loved her brothers. Firstly, he didn't marry anyone alongside her. She was the own, when, when he married her, she was the only wife that he had. He did not marry another wife whilst he was married to her. And mind you, she was a widow. She actually had been married how many times before the Prophet ﷺ, brothers? Twice. Very good. She was married two times before the Prophet ﷺ. The first husband she had was Atiq ibn Aid, and the second was Abu Hala ibn Malik bin Bani Tamim, and his name was actually Hind. And the Prophet ﷺ lived with her after marrying her in her home. Yes, Mahmoud. Mahmoud asking, what was the year that the Prophet ﷺ, how old was he? 
The actual year, insha'Allah ta'ala, it's going to come. Uh, why is that, uh, Mahmoud? <laughs> the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lived with her in her home after he married her all the way up until her death. All the way up until her death. And we said he did not marry another wife with her. And then he stayed there until he actually migrated to Al-Madinah. And in that as well, brothers, is subhanallah proof yani as well uh, not necessarily Islamic proof in the sense, we all know it's halal of course, but in the, in the sense that there's no problem with marrying a previously, la- a previously married lady, of course, yani, and a previously married lady with children. Because we know Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, she had children from both of these men, Atiq and also Abu Hala, she had children with them both. And then of course she married the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after that and she was the mother to most of his children, six of them apart from uh, as we're going to get inshaAllah ta'ala to Ibrahim. And some people of course, يعني, and some cultures unfortunately they make it like it's the end of the world if their child marries someone who is previously married. And when we look at the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we see that all of his wives actually were previously uh, married apart from who? Aisha radiallahu ta'ala uh, anha, very good. So Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha on this topic, she says, uh, uh, just to show you brothers يعني, how much he actually loved Khadija. How much he loved Khadija. She says Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, ma ghirtu linnabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala mra'ah min nisa'ihi ma ghirtu ala Khadija likathrati dhikrihi iyaha wa ma ra'aytuha qat. Never did I feel jealous of any wife amongst the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the way I felt jealous of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, for he praised her very often. He praised her very often. And I don't even want to imagine what would happen today if there was a, a wife who was married يعني, and her husband started praising his ex who had passed. Well, Allahu a'lam, يعني. but at the end of the day, uh, obviously, let us take the, 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 the benefit from that, brothers, and that is that jealousy is natural, we're human beings, and likewise for the women as well, يعني. likewise for the women as well. If this is Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, one of the greatest women to ever walk the face of this earth, and she got jealous the way she got jealous, as she said herself, then imagine the women of our day and age, and imagine يعني, other than her, radiallahu ta'ala anha wa an abiha. She further adds, whenever the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam slaughtered a sheep, وكان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا ذبح إذا ذبح الشاه فيقول أرسل بها إلى أصدقاء خديجة قالت فأغضبته يوما. So here firstly before that he say, she says رضي الله تعالى عنها whenever the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he slaughtered a sheep he would say send it to the companions of Khadija send it to the friends of Khadija and this is the way all of us in reality can maintain the ties with our family who are deceased, those who they loved, those who they cared for, those who they were friends with and loved and the likes, after their death, try your best to maintain ties with them and inshaAllah ta'ala you will be rewarded uh, for that. So here she says that whenever he slaughtered a sheep, he would give her a portion or give a portion and he would command that it be given to the friends of Khadija. So here Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says, فَأَغْضَبْتُهُ يَوْمًا I made him angry one day. And this is natural in marriage, brothers. She also says in another hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said to her, Oh Aisha, ya Aisha, 
Indeed, I know when you are happy with me, and I know when you are upset or angry with me. So she said, وَكَيْفَ ذَاكَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ And how is that, O Messenger of Allah? How do you know? And subhanAllah, brothers, once again, if this is the marriage of the Prophet ﷺ, then let us apply it to ourselves and understand that you are never going to be in a marriage where there isn't a bit of ups and downs. You're never going to be in a marriage where there isn't a bit of obstacles. This is something that, you know, if you believe that you're going to have something like that, you're in reality turning a blind eye to the reality. So she said, how do you know that, O Messenger of Allah? And then he said, when you are upset with me or when you are happy with me, you say, bi Rabbi Muhammad or wa Rabbi Muhammad. You say, by the Lord of Muhammad. And when you are upset with me, you say, wa Rabbi Ibrahim, by the Lord of Ibrahim and you leave off my name. She says, yes, Ya Rasulullah, and that is the most that I will do. Uh, see the respect there though? That's the most that she will do. There's no wallah, <laughs> there's none of that which maybe we see today and we deal with today. And we're not talking personally, yani we're talking about the issues in uh, the communities and things like this. May Allah Azza wa Jal preserve our marriages and make them blessed for us and make them a means of our entrance into Jannah. And then she also says, uh, uh, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَكَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أُفَقَالْ After she made him يعني, uh, a bit upset in this regard. فَقُلْتُ خَدِيجَةِ So I said خَدِيجَةِ يعني, Look how much you mention her and one, two, three, subhanAllah, that natural emotion. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِنِّي قَدْ رُزِقْتُ حُبَّهَا Indeed, I have been blessed. I have been blessed with or nurtured with her love. With her love. And subhanAllah, in another riwayah, another version, he said, she believed in me when the people disbelieved. And every sister should take this statement, subhanAllah, and try to be this for her husband. She believed in me when people disbelieved. She consoled me with her wealth when people denied me their money. And Allah Azza wa Jal blessed me with children from her whilst I was denied children by other women. As, as for the, age, the ages when they got married, that which is popular, brothers, in the seerah, that which is well known, is that she was 40 years old when she got married. And some said that she was 28 years old. And there are a few other uh, opinions. And also they say that he was, of course, 25 years old. And he married her approximately two months after returning from that second trip to Asham, obviously for the trade purposes. And regarding the, the opinion of her being 40 years old, that has faced a lot of criticism regarding one or some of the actual narrators in the, in the chains there. Wallahu alam. At the end of the day, brothers, don't forget, does it really matter the age of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha when she married the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam meaning and in the sense what I mean by that is is it gonna really you know make us pray more or fast more or is it gonna make us wallah you know what if Khadija was 40 I'm gonna pray tonight 50 rak'at and if she was 28 I'm not gonna pray at all it doesn't have that effect whatsoever so wallahu a'la wa a'lam yani we should not indulge ourselves too too much regarding these type and these kind of matters and differences of opinion amongst the, the ulama Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha brothers, she was the mother of all of the kids of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, except for Ibrahim, who as we know his mother was Mariah, and inshaAllah ta'ala, we're going to get into that more when the time comes. The first of his kids was Al-Qasim, and that's why his kunya was, as we know brothers, Abu Al-Qasim. And Abu Al-Qasim having this kunya, the scholars, they differed over whether it's allowed or not. 
Some of the scholars, they said it is allowed, but of course not at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, but after it is allowed. And other scholars, they said it is not allowed at all. And there are multiple opinions regarding this matter, which one can study insha'Allah ta'ala in other sciences. So the first of his kids was Al-Qasim, and then Zainab, and then Ruqayya, because as we know, brothers, he had four girls and three boys. And some of the ulama, they actually said more than that because of a difference of opinion regarding certain matters. Wallahu a'lam. So Al-Qasim was the first, and then Zainab, and then Ruqayya, and then Um Kulthum, and then Fatima, and then uh, uh, Abdullah, who had the nicknames of At-Tahir and At-Tayyib. So we said Al-Qasim, and then Zainab, and then Ruqayya, and then Um Kulthum, and then Fatima, and then Abdullah, who had the nicknames of At-Tahir and At-Tayyib. This is obviously from the, from, from the children of who brothers? Of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. And subhanallah, At-Tahir and At-Tayyib, some of the ulama, they said he was given these nicknames because he was born after Islam, after yani, the sending of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And wallahu alam about the opinions regarding that as well. All of the children of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam regarding the boys, when it came to Al-Qasim, and when it came to Abdullah, and when it came to his son that he had with Maria Ibrahim, they all passed away at a young age. And in that is a lesson, subhanAllah, for every single brother and sister who's ever lost a loved one. And that is why whenever you go through a calamity, remember the calamities which befell the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So all of the boys, they died at a young age. And inshaAllah ta'ala, when the time comes for that too, we'll go into that in a bit more detail. As for the girls' brothers, they all reached puberty. Uh, Astaghfirullah. They all reached the Islam. They all reached the uh, Islam of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, meaning when he went out and gave da'wah and preached and the likes. And they all became Muslims. They all became Muslims. And all of his kids, obviously with the two, uh, or with the three of the four girls, they all died uh, before the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, except for, except for Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, who passed away after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by approximately six months. So insha'Allah ta'ala, we'll resume next week or next lesson with a few points regarding the marriage of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to Khadija. And insha'Allah ta'ala, next lesson will begin with just a few points regarding the wealth of Khadija and the trade of Khadija and how subhanAllah some unfortunately of the sisters and the women who've been affected by some of the mentality yani, of the feminists and the likes, they try to utilize the story of the wealth of Khadija to pretty much defend and justify their wrongdoings of going working in mixed environments, of going working in pretty much haram environments in a more general sense. And insha'Allah ta'ala, we'll discuss that when the time comes. Wallahu a'la wa a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallim wa barik ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Jazakumullah khairan.